Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. I'm Jeff, and with the help of my beautiful assistant, John, we'll continue our mission of reading the weirdest and silliest old role-playing games and reporting back to you, the listener, with our many findings and pointless digressions. This week, 1989's Legendary Lives, a fascinating example of the D&D but different style games that marked the late 80s. Here we go on today's System Master. Welcome back. Hi, John. How you doing? Ooh, I'm okay. Did I, did I catch you in the middle of a yawn? I probably should have looked over and gone for the thumbs up signal or something there. No, it's fine. I turned my yawning into being some kind of Muppet. Ooh, all right then. <laughs> Straight Let's up turn all your... get together and learn about the letters. You sound like Beauregard, so yeah, I guess you're some kind of Muppet. Yeah, some kind of Muppet. How long have you lived here in the city? <laughs> uh, my it, whole life. It takes a while to get to know the city. <laughs> What floor are you staying on? <laughs> I can only take you as far as the lobby. <laughs> he's the greatest character that didn't get any kind of follow-up. <laughs> How come he's not in, like, five more Muppet movies? What happened? Come I love Beauregard. Beauregard. He was so good. He was like a crazy taxi driver. <laughs> he was He was like some kind of crazy taxi. <laughs> he was like some kind of crazy taxi, indeed. Have you ever played Crazy Taxi, like the original? Oh, yeah, of course I, I have. I was never any good at it. No, it's real hard. Like, all, I would get maybe three or four fares done, and then they'd be like, you ran out of time, you suck. You're terrible at this. Why are you even trying? I'd be like, I don't know, man, I don't know. Go home and be a family man. <laughs> you ain't cut out for the crazy taxi life. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. What are we talking about, John? What's the game du jour? Why, this time around, we have Legendary Lives. So, Legendary Lives Indeed, from around 1989, it's a big old softcover, kind of heartbreakery sort of thing, uh, Yeah, written by what appears to be a married couple. Which is great. Not really sure if that's what that they are, but Joe and Kathleen Williams. Yeah, man, that's, could, that's could awesome. Be a, could be a coincidence. Could be a married couple. Could be. Could be brother and sister. Could be. Could be. I don't know. We have no way of knowing. We we certainly don't. There is no way that we could ever possibly know this. Except the research, which of course is... It's verboten. Verboten. Yeah. <laughs> we do not do that. Here, There be dragons. Yeah, no, nah, we ain't sailing that far. No. Our job We're... is to read the book, not read about the book. Yeah, man, if we try and do that, we are just going to go right over the edge of the earth. Yep, and every episode will take six months to make, and it'll just suck. Yeah, we'll come back and be like, look, here's our four-hour treatise on this dumb book you don't care about. So, as far as we know, they're a married couple, and we're going to run with that. Yeah, let's do that. That's exactly it. So, they met one night. <laughs> let's give you the background on this married couple. <laughs> Who we assume are married. <laughs> I like to think they met just out of high school in a podunk town uh, just north of Washington's uh, own Olympia. Yeah, and you know, they were they were there outside the Tasty Freeze sucking on chili dogs. <laughs> that is correct. They were sucking on chili dogs when they first came into eye contact of one another, and their eyes locked, and it was like a cyclotron folding down until all they could see was each other, their sucked-on chili dogs, and a dream. Yeah. A dream that one day they'd write a competent, if really boring, old RPG. Yep. And then he was like, hey, let me give you my best James Dean. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, why is your best James Dean a prospector voice? I mean, seriously, what is going on with that? Someone someone get uh, John Cougar Mellencamp on the line, please. 
please. Diane, can we get can we get John Cougar on the line? Thank you. Hi there. This is John Cougar, Mellencamp. I like small towns and songs about small towns. Hey, yeah. Why is uh, why is your James Dean impression just a weird old prospector? I I imagine you probably have not met James Dean outside of his appearances in Giant and East of Eden and and uh, Rebel Without a Cause. In fact, he mostly talked about the location of his gold and how important it was that he maintained his sole remaining tooth for the purposes of opening cans of beans. Huh. Never knew that. Thanks, John Cougar. Yep, my pleasure. By the way, do you live in a large or a small town? Uh, large. Very large. Well then, fuck you. Goodbye. All right. Okay. Uh, hey, all right. We're back. Uh, that was a good interview. John Cougar Mellencamp bit. <laughs> That's the melon camp bit. But seriously though, his his yeah, Jack does his best James Dean, and then it follows up with a well, them there dying, we go go who the hell gonna get that rabbit, <laughs> rabbit? <laughs> what what is that? I mean, I assume that that's not his James Dean. That's just the next line of the song. Uh, it could be, or, or it could be that maybe Jack's best James Dean is just terrible. Yeah. Like, like he's making a commentary on how Jack uh, of Jack and Diane the song has a terrible James Dean impression that he keeps hauling out anyway. My my assumption is he's actually never seen a James Dean movie. He's just seen posters. So he like <laughs> leans against a wall with like his legs crossed and he's got that cigarette. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, "Well, there, down, Diane." <laughs> this is what I assume James Dean sounds like, right? I like to think that's all of his impressions. Yeah. All right. And now my Marlon Brando. Well, there, Diane. <laughs> you got a Barbara Stanwyck queued up there, Jack? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Legendary Lives. <laughs> Legendary Lives is a book. Uh, Legendary Lives is a, uh, one, a, a generic fantasy role-playing system. There's not a whole lot of... There, not... there. It's kind of just, here's some rules you could use to play a fantasy adventure. The, the thing is... Uh... The book does an interesting thing, which is it has, I mean, not so much interesting in that it has a shit fuck ton of races, like just a ton. But instead of going into the setting detail, it really just goes into the races detail. Yes. So you get a lot of information about what each individual uh, group is like all about, what they're doing, all that. But then... There's just no information on the world at all. There's no, like, here's the world map, and here's, like, what all the regions are about. No, they're just like, dude, whatever. Here's some guys. Throw them together however you want. Well, why don't we start by explaining the mechanics of the game world? No. No? What do you want to start with, then? Yeah, let's uh, let's start with a little more Melon Camp. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what's up with Melon Camp being completely insistent that small towns are so fucking great? Have you ever actually been in a small town for any length of time, John? Oh, yeah. It's sure. so boring. It's the worst. It's And I guess the only thing left to do when you've been to the one restaurant in town is to spend a bunch of time taking inordinate amounts of pride in how boring your town is. Well, yeah. That must that's, be what's going what on. That's what you got. Yeah. That's well, all you got. All you can do is hate city slickers. Yep. And suck on chili dogs. Yeah, suck on some guy named Chili Dog. Also, Cougar? Who's given him that nickname? I mean, his name is John Mellencamp. Let's... Where's Cougar coming from? Well, did he do that himself? Is this a Sting situation? Yeah, it's one of those situations. We're, we're like, we're, dude, Gordy, shut up. Is that, my name's Gordy, but I'd like for you to call me Sting. <laughs> and, and John Mellencamp's like, my name's John Mellencamp, but I'd like it if y'all called me John Cougar Mellencamp. Please do call me all three words, though. Do, Please. Cougar being my nickname is mostly like an insert nickname. Yeah. You just got to say the whole thing. You got to. My full, my full title, in fact, is John Cougar Driving Super Robot Mellencamp. 
Cougar driving. Yeah, he's driving a cougar super robot. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> the mechanics of this game. You didn't think I had like way more John Mellencamp material ready to go, did you? I'm like, no. <laughs> I can do the whole episode on John Cougar Mellencamp, John. <laughs> you don't understand how much I've got in my back pocket on Mellencamp. <laughs> I've got an entire notebook. <laughs> I've got a 10-minute chunk. <laughs> I, got a, I got a good solid five. I've been shopping it to Comedy Central for a few weeks now, but it turns out no one gives a shit about it. Uh, so the uh, the mechanics in this are... Man, there's a lot of random rolls for stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the the big thing that they want to let you know right off the bat is that this is a semi-diceless system because the referee, what their GM is, mm-hmm. uh, does not roll ever. Yes, so it's in the same vein as uh, Whispering Vault or Powered by the Apocalypse, where the dice are controlled entirely by the players. Yeah, the uh, the referee never touches dice, they just have, like... Pizza. They have to hold yeah, on to... Yeah, they just have pizza. They have pizza in each hand at all times. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's an interesting mechanic where the DM primarily communicates with the players through semaphore <laughs> by waving two slices of pizza around. Yeah, and if you get hit in the face with a pepperoni, that's an inspiration point. That's a, Yeah, you get a Benny. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, They're called peppies in this game. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get some slippies. <laughs> if you get hit with a really good pepperoni, like the kind that curls up around the edges, then that's that's getting hit with a rare Pepe. Yeah. And that's that's especially valuable. Good God. <laughs> so, uh, the... God, the weirdest thing about this, though, is that it... It's like... It's got sort of that phase rip... Yeah, where you're rolling, uh, you're rolling your stats against a chart, and, and the chart will have just example results, so it'll say things like, passable is the thing you've rolled. Like, I'd like to jump over that ridge. Okay, you need to roll passable versus versus your dexterity to get over that ridge. So you find, you have to roll percentile dice, mm-hmm. find what number your skill is that you're using, Yeah, and then after you roll, you check the chart for that number versus where it lands, and it'll tell you how you did. Yes. So the average score for most people is a 10, and if you have a 10, then you basically are a 50-50 on succeeding because 51 and up is basically passable and up, which is your standard, this is what you need to pass. Which goes through passable, uh, good, outstanding, and awesome. Uh, of superior and amazing. Oh, sorry, superior and amazing. Yeah, I, I forgot it was Spider Man. Yeah, types it was, in this it was one. Spider Man's are your top two. Yeah, <laughs> although I gotta say, I would really love to read the passable Spider Man. <laughs> ah, the passable Spider Man. <laughs> I think that was what they were workshopping as the title for Ben Riley's own yeah. book, right? Yeah, that was Ben Riley, the passable Spider Man. <laughs> the passable Spider Man. You'd assume he was Spider Man if you had some grease on your eyes. <laughs> You'd figure. <laughs> Why is his hair all shoulder length and shitty? Yeah. Oh, that's the passable Spider-Man. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's the passable <laughs> Spider-Man. And then you go down from there, and it's got, like, feeble and poor and... Mm-hmm. It, Paltry. Shenanigans. <laughs> the shenanigans Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Irish Spider-Man. <laughs> the Irish spider Oh, okay. Like, his name is O'Shenanigans or something. Yeah. I see where we're going with this. I thought there was actually an Irish Spider-Man. Well, like, I mean, there technically is half Irish. Oh, right. Well, I was because there's an Indian Spider-Man where he's like li- exists in a different world by himself. Piotr oh, yeah. Prabhakar. Well, there's a whole bunch of Pav- Spider-Mans. Yeah, there's 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 that whole. Oh, we don't need to get into Spider-Man. I, I like Man, we've gone way off topic. Like for the so feeble long. Spider-Man is the newspaper one where he, get, he keeps getting hit by bricks. <laughs> 
I know. I know we're way off topic, but that's okay, John, because we've only been talking for like nine minutes out of the hour so far. We've got time to burn. So much time. We're fine. So, yeah, you've got this chart, and the standard is if you roll a passable or better, then you did whatever you were trying to do. And if you roll under passable, then you failed. Yeah, and if the if the task is particularly difficult, it'll say so by by pointing out that you require like an outstanding or awesome or whatever result. Yeah, it's like, oh, this one needs a great. Like, yeah. Okay, great. But if it's particularly easy, it might be like, oh, this just needs a like p- feeble in order to get or whatever it is. Yeah. So you can either get like a spectacular or an amazing or a brand new. <laughs> yeah. Or a. <laughs> Spider Gwen. <laughs> or uh, I like when you roll between a 90 and a 92 and you have an 11 on your stat, then the result is a teams up with giant sized man thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I seem to have rolled two in one. It's <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm with the thing now. I'm hanging out with the thing. Whoa, shit. Are we on Yancey Street? <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. I hope not, because he's even more insufferable when he's on Yancey Street. <laughs> Yet more in suffering. Now, over there's is where I went to when I wanted me a bakery roll of some kind. Days the best on Yancey Street. God damn it, Thing, you never talk like this unless you're on Yancey Street. Yeah, I'm kind of revoiting to my core accent, what, what. <laughs> it just gets more British. Yes. He never mentions this, but Yancey Street is in Sussex. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, I'm the Thing, I am what, what? I'll tell you what, swear on me, mum. <laughs> I'm the blue-eyed thing I is. <laughs> Punch your monsters or sweep your chimneys. <laughs> <laughs> Clean your shoes for a nickel, I will, mate. Or how about a smile? Oh, give us a smile. There's a good lass. <laughs> I had teeth like orange rocks before I got changed into the thing I did. Ahoy! <laughs> That's why he looks like he does. <laughs> He's just as covered with British teeth. That's it. It's not rocks. It's just British teeth. Oh, man. Uh, fuck the UK. So. No, wait, no. Just just England. Just yeah, England. just England. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. You've got that. And, man, the so the stats in this are called skills. Yes, and the skills are called skills. Yeah. So that's always fun. They and there just- are a great number of stats that are skills. Yeah, so you've got a whole bunch of different stats. Here they are. You want to hear them? Sure. Rattle them off. From the top. Here we go. Agility, alertness, and charm. I, uh, why why I, are you doing this? I don't know. It's a song now. Uh, cunning, dexterity, fate, intelligence, knowledge, mechanical, nature, stamina, strength. Yeah, so you got a whole bunch of stats, so, which are skills. So nature is a stat. Yeah, uh, so is mechanical. Yeah, mechanical is a stat. So there's a couple of interesting stats in that list. Also, uh, what knowledge is in there. So yeah, well, so yeah, I mean, they did the whole split of knowledge intelligence. That's fine. Sure, sure. Uh, but having knowledge, intelligence, and mechanics being different skills is weird. Uh, and nature being its own thing. Yeah. So those are all skills that are called core skills that are the stats. They're not called statistics. They're called skills. Uh, this is because they work exactly the same as the other skills in the game, which are called skills. Yes. Now, when you get a skill, uh. So if I get, you know, let's say acrobatics as a skill. Sure, sure. uh, When I get that, it's going to be at the same rating as the top skill, the base skill that it goes under. So if that goes under agility, then I would look at my agility. Let's say it's 12. Then if I get acrobatics as a skill, that's at 12. But I would be able to raise that then later independently of the base skill for less of your xps 
or advancement or well, this game doesn't use XPs though. No, it's, it's like it has. It's got the, one of those. If you used it during the the game, you can roll to see if you get you go up in a level of it. Yeah, there are uh, inspiration points, and if you either get a, uh, I think it's superior is the top end or awesome, mm-hmm. and then catastrophic is the low end. So if you roll either super great or super terrible, you get a point in whatever it is. Yes, and then you can roll, and if you fail the roll. Then you go up at a point at the end of the uh, adventure, but which is which is designed that way to make it so that it's easy to get better at something that you're bad at, but hard to get better at something that you're good at. Yeah, which is the same way that basically all of those systems where it's when you use it, you get a chance to get better at it. They're all you know, if you're already good, there's almost no way you're going to get better. Yeah, yeah, it takes, uh, it takes an incredible amount of tries. But they also have instead of XP at the end, you basically get like three or four inspiration points Mm -hmm. and you can use those on skills to try and roll for those as well yeah uh so you have that you've got i i know i counted it was something like 70 something skills in this yep there's uh quite a bit too many yep there's a whole bunch of them but that's i mean a lot of that's because it divides up things that would not be skills divided up like sword is a skill for example which is different from axe which is different from spear well because you have hafted polearm mm-hmm. sword so they at least have categories of them yeah but you don't have a generic melee skill you do have to do those but a lot of the skills in this would be stats in other games like dodge or uh, will and of course skills that you can get a lot of the skills i went through just to look at them and some stats have way more of a showing in the skills than others. Yes. So, like, intelligence, knowledge, uh, mechanics, things like that will show up fairly regularly. There are, out of all of the skills, I think three of them use cunning. Right. And that's it. Which is weird, because cunning you would expect to see a lot of. Like, I'm used to reading skill lists that are attached to the stats from Dungeons & Dragons, right? Where, where Oh, yeah. And, and there's always, like, one constitution one. Oh, yeah. You get, like... A strength thing, like, oh, that's climb. Yeah, climb or... Uh, and the, then you get endurance for your con, and then yeah. that's basically it. One of them, one of those two is going to give you swimming as well, and then, yeah. and then you're done. Uh, so so in this game, there's it's it's a better spread than it was in the original D&D, but it can be really bad. All yeah, right. The, the various skills, though, can be used baseline. Like, the base skills, you can still be like, oh, I don't have, I don't know whatever skill but i can still roll strength for it so if i don't have like athletics i can still try and lift stuff up just with strength yeah yeah uh so that's the basics uh stats in this game like your your uh the, the core skills i should say what's your statistics and you know what? i'm just gonna call them statistics I don't, I, yeah the, the fact that your stats are skills and your skills are skills is annoying but it's, whatever. it's infuriating but the, the base statistics you have all of them no matter what uh, when you get a race, you just roll for them based on what the race rolls, and it's not a very swingy roll. No, because for I'm mean, for example, I'm on the brownie page right now, so I'm looking at the brownie, and the brownie has an agility chocolate of, chips. <laughs> the brownie has an agility of nine plus d six, an alertness of thirteen plus d six, a charm of thirteen plus d six, a dexterity of four plus d six, and if you're seeing a pattern, you're right. Every single one of them is a static number plus a d six. There's never a race that's like. Five plus two d six. No, the all of the stuff in this that is randomized is very tightly controlled in that yes. way. Yeah. Uh, so you'll have all of your stats are number plus a d six, and every race is going to have 
pretty much four good ones mm-hmm. in that whatever you roll will be a 10 or above. Yeah. So I'm looking uh, at the Barbarian right now, and they have Alertness, Nature, Strength, and Stamina at 10 or higher, plus a D6. Yeah. So every race is going to have a few things you're really good at, but then you're also going to have a couple things where it's like, this is two or four plus a D6. Yeah. So everyone has some things they're good at, some things they're bad at. So uh, you can raise up the base stats in the same way you could a skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just apparently takes longer in game to do that. Like you need more points to spend on it. So this game has a lot of races to choose from. Uh, oh yeah, there's a ton, and like like a Palladium system, everything in this game has a random roll chart if you want to determine something. Yes, if, if you're interested in in going random, you can. But it also is one of those games where it's always saying choose or roll on the following chart. Oh, yeah. So you can random roll for your uh, race. Then you can random roll for what that race's parents did. Yeah. Like, oh, my character, his mom and dad did this for a living, which randomly determines you get some extra skills to start and you get uh, a starting amount of money, which is kind of annoying that it's you can't pick that. You have to randomly roll for what your parents did. Yeah. Which means there are going to be some people who are like, oh, dude, I'm going to make this, like, rad elf wizard. And then you roll, and you're like, oh, my parents were dirt farmers, so I know how to farm, and I've got dirt as a skill, and then (laughs) I start with 100 bronze, which is their dollars. Yeah. And then someone else is like, I'm just going to make some, like, warrior guy. Oh, it turns out my parents were the king and queen, and I get $700 of starting equipment. So (laughs) the fact that it affects your starting money is annoying just because... If, like, you were a fighter and you go, dude, I'm going to need some armor, obviously, I'm going to need weapons, I'm going to need whatever, well, and then fine. it turns out you just have, like, no money to start with, it It's fine, sucks. Jay. We just, we, just, we just communism the entire system. <laughs> Everyone pools. Everyone pool the money, and then the warrior gets the armor he needs, and the wizard gets a, a robe and a pointy hat. Yeah. And you know what? He gets a bonus popsicle. <laughs> bonus popsicle. Here you go. You get your choice of popsicle, and it's an otter pop, too. Would you like an Alexander the Grape or perhaps a Sir Isaac Lime? Oh, well, we took all your money, so you get the Isaac Lime. That's the best choice, yeah. 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 If, if, you, if all your money has gone away to other people, then you definitely deserve a Sir Isaac Lime otter pop. That is exactly what you deserve. Greatest of the otter pops. Yeah. God, they they took the coloring out of those. Now. I know. I saw some of those recently, and they're just they're like all kind of a light green color now. Man, it just looks like fucking pudding in a tube. Something went wrong. Yeah, I feel like the like Otter Pops they they got rid of the artificial colors to make them look more healthy and appealing to moms purchasing them. Yeah, but I'm like now I want to do like what's the what's the uh, Pinterest? I want to do some Pinterest style shit where I'm like, here's how you inject color flavors back into these <laughs> so you can get that neon green shit that tells you you're drinking some lime popsicle. Oh, yeah, because if someone hands you one of these and you don't know what flavor it is, you start eating it and you're like, I don't know what's going on. It just tastes weird. It tastes like whatever the orange one is. Little Orange Annie or something like L- that? Little Orphan Orangey? I think it's just Little Orphan Orange. I think that's it, unless she's one of the berry ones. Nah. Nah. Uh, okay, fine. Fair enough. So uh, you want to hear the list of the races, John, and we can talk about them as we go through? Sure, let's let's get them all. All right, so there are quite a few of these. So several of these we're just going to dismiss out of hand as like a one-word description. But at least it's better off than when we were doing Talislanta and every one of them had like a whole chapter to themselves. Oh, yeah. This well, is- like I said, the this book really doesn't care about the setting so yeah. much. So you don't have to be like, and here's where they live, and this is the average rainfall, and so do they like art no because they are bad guys oh good <laughs> okay here we go 
Uh, avians. Avians are winged humans. They're wingalingas. They they have a weird history with other people. They're kind of the weird thing about this is, man, most of the races just don't like other races. No, they're not. They, most of them don't get along especially well. The other thing about this book I found fascinating is almost as big as the race section itself is the what religion are these races? Oh, that's the huge thing is yeah. the religions of these. Yeah, this book is very big on explaining religions. So uh, so the avians have a big, complicated religion all their own. Uh, but they're just they're humans that developed wings at some point in the mystical past. Yeah. They don't much care for other humans, but they have a complicated religious system that's based around flying around while they worship their gods. Yeah, like they, their social order is once a year there's a gathering and whoever can fly highest is basically the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is going to kick off something fascinating about this book, which is that the art is clearly done just by one of the authors. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's terrible art. It might be the worst art we've it, seen in a while. It is old school D&D art yeah, is what it, it is. It's, it's, uh, there's some charm to it, I guess, but man, it's just very bad line art for every character. Like, like It's like the first draft, like the first step in a how to draw thing. Uh, like, how would you draw a winged man? Well, draw a rectangle and add some triangles up top for wings and stop there. You're done. Then you're okay. Put huh? a big 70s mustache in there somewhere. You're good. Yeah. So, so uh... Every race in this game also gets a racial power, which is one of the most important things your character's going to get, because you'll get one of those from your race and one of them from your, like, profession, and oh, yeah. those are kind of awesome powers that are either always on or are damn near infallible in terms of uh, allowing you to alter the world in some way. Uh, they each have an amount of times you can use them per day, and if they're very difficult to do, they might have a difficulty to activate. Uh, avians, their power is, as you might guess, flying. Yep, they can fly. But not very much. No, because it's like... Uh, one of your stats versus something for whatever minutes. You can fly passable versus stamina for ten minutes per u- times ten minutes per use. Yeah, and, and you can do that five times a day. And the times two is you roll and whatever column you get, that's mm-hmm. what it is. So if you actually roll a passable for your stamina, right, then it's one. So you're like, great, I can fly for like ten minutes. We. So after avians, we come to the barbarian. Yep. Uh, one so, of the things you're going to notice in this book is that a lot of the races are just like humans and from their an area. culture. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, what is this race? It's humans that live in forests. Yeah, so barbarians are humans that are barbarians. Yeah, it's it's almost entirely Conans. Like uh, the other thing you get is each race gives you some racial skills that you know. Oh yes, and there's our bullying climb hafted and brawling yeah so that's what you get for being a barbarian just straight out uh but the the thing with all of them is they give you like a little background of what's what's it like to be you know this race and the one for barbarian is straight up just ah you're probably conan someone probably came through and killed everyone in your clan and then you swore vengeance and uh, now you're trying to find some guy. Well, actually, I, I kind of like that about this book is that when it gives you those things, it's like, oh, everyone, someone probably sweeped through and killed everyone you knew. They don't mean that happened to every barbarian. They mean that's the reason that you're not still hanging around with a barbarian tribe. Which it's, is... It's a nice reason. It's, it's Here's why you're a PC. Yeah, because, as I mentioned, almost every race is... Uh, we don't like anyone else. We only stay with our own kind. We like staying where we are and living in a hole and practicing our special dance. Yeah, there's... And here we go. Do, 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 doing our special dance. 
yeah, there's there's almost no reason for most of these people to go off and be like, yeah, I want to go join someone else. Yeah, I feel like you didn't properly ap- uh, appreciate the cultural special dance, John. No, I did not. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm I very offended right now. I, did, uh, I, I showed you the special dance of my people. Yeah, well, it sucks. Your people suck. Man, I don't. why would I go on an adventure with you at this point? Yeah, I don't know, If you man. can't appreciate my special dance. Uh, probably you shouldn't. Man, okay, well, let's keep that in mind. No... No going on a fun dance adventure. No dance adventures. I mean, don't 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 you have a special dance? No, my people have no dance. We do not believe in dance. <laughs> you must be bad guys. No art culture history. Yeah, we hate dance and art. <laughs> so, so that's barbarians. Barbarians' daily power is uh, berserking, which they can do four times a day, and it does what you think. Yep. Oh boy, we get a rage. Yeah. Uh, the next one is brownies. Yeah, brownie special power is to be delicious right out of the oven. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you shove a chocolate chip cookie just in there at an angle. Just just in there. Just right down the center. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah, get that cookie in center mass. Nice cookie brownie. All right, so brownies are what you would think. They're little tiny cobbler men who are covered in light fur and live in, in, live in huts and work on shoes. Uh, in this case, they have a bit of a strong nature bend to them. Uh, they are also very good at listening and discovering secrets. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of described as like the kender of the game because one of their things is their description of why you might want to be one is, oh, these guys make excellent secret agents because they're so good at people getting people to tell them their secrets. But they make terrible secret agents because they don't know what secrets are. They can't keep them very well. Well, no, it's just brownies are super talkative, so they yeah. might not be able to keep the secret. Yeah, so that's a fun thing. Uh, and when you roll to see what they... You have to roll... Each race has their own individual ancestry chart, like we mentioned. Uh, and it gives you a couple of extra skills, and brownies can get things like, oh, your parents were thieves, or your parents were druids. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, their special ability is called friends. They can do it three times a day, and it's uh, by acting cute, a brownie can beguile a foe into thinking he is harmless. A yeah. beguiled foe will not injure the brownie. Yeah, you just go, look, man. Look I'm- at me. I'm adorable. Don't hit me. And they're like, oh, look at you, you little yeah. guy. Basically, what they do is they just look up at the big orc or whatever, and they go, do, 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 do. <laughs> this is our special dance. No. And then they look at John real closely, and they're like, John. And then John. and then John hits them. John, do, 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 do. This is my special dance. This is the worst bit you've ever come up with. <laughs> What's wrong? The, the worst bit. <laughs> uh, we'll see whose side the people are on. The people are on my side. <laughs> All right. Next one after the stupid brownies is the bush person. Yeah. Uh, bush people are basically your stand-in for like tribal folk. Like whether you're talking about like the Amazon or deepest darkest Africa or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say this, at least with this one, it's probably the least offensive version of this I've ever seen. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, the nice thing is there's no ra- there's no mention of skin tones or relative intellect by comparison to other races. No, they're not like, and these guys are super good at basketball. Like, I mean, granted, their intelligence is 2 plus D6. <laughs> granted. Granted. Yeah. Uh, but their whole thing is just being uh, very... I guess hanging out in they're, nature. They're good at being tribesmen. They they yeah. have forage and nature and stuff like that for skills. Uh, they have uh, uh, special abilities with plants and stealth. Uh, their their special racial ability is to be able to see through the eyes of animals. Yeah, 
So, yeah, they're very good at hanging out in jungles and being jungle dwellers. Yeah, I mean, their whole thing is very Beastmaster-y. So the the thing I like about it is that they didn't just go straight up, we picked one thing and they are that. They have, you know, aspects of a bunch of different things you could look at. One of my favorite things about them is that it says that each one of these guys has to choose a spirit animal as a... Uh, as like their own personal totem, it's part of their religious structure. Yeah, and they will never eat the meat of their spirit animal or keep it as a pet. And in fact, they won't keep anything as a pet except, and it's just a line item tossed off for dogs and giant chameleon-like lizard creatures that they raise. Yep, and that that's it. That's all we mentioned. We don't. There's no stats for those or anything. Oh no, Th- these guys raise giant chameleons, and it's mentioned in one sentence for fun. Yep. <laughs> so, so that's bush people. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, and their special power, like I was talking about, is the ability to see through the eyes of animals. Yes. After that, this one's pretty great, is Corsairs. Corsairs are just pirates. It's a race of pirates. Yeah, it's, again, one of those things where it's it's not a weird race of people, it's just, uh, we live in whatever. So these are people that are like, we're coastal, and we hang out on boats a lot. Yeah. You gotta like boats a lot. <laughs> you gotta like boats a lot. So uh, these guys' special ability is monkey climb which they can use four times a day, and they can climb feeble versus climb uh, 50 feet at an incredible speed. Times 50 feet. So if they get like a six, they can climb 300 feet at an incredible speed. Yeah, so it's just instead of having to roll passable for climbing, it's uh, we only need to roll feeble for climbing, and we go faster. Yeah. Great. And this is one of the first examples in the book of kind of the mild sexism that pervades this thing, because it's like, oh, these guys are all pirates, but all their women are barkeeps. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things in this that are questionable. Of course, we're going to hit the big one soon. But the uh, the weird thing that I have for this is almost every race is, and then the ladies take care of whatever. Yeah. Like, come it, on, it's, man. All, it's like every time. It's like the men are, are do everything in society, but the women take care of the, the weaving. Yeah. So... But there is one, and we won't get to it for a while, but when we do, it's it's pretty shocking. I mean, you'll you'll know. You'll know. You'll know what's going to happen. So that's that's Corsairs. Uh, after that is Draconians, and we should probably pick this up a little bit. Yeah, that's that's why I was like, dude, we don't need to do a lot of filler for this one. Oh, but my special dance. Nah. I had a special one for the pirates. You want to hear it? it no. Went, it went, yo no. ho, yo no. ho, ho. No. This be no. my special dance. No. R. No. <laughs> also, I had a parrot do it. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, I had it all planned out, and you ruined it. You took it away from from the fo- folks, John. Yes, they're going to be mad at you. No, they're <laughs> mad at you. You're wasting everyone's time. <laughs> I'm not wasting everyone's time. I'm eating up their their precious work time with with dumb asides. It's exactly, it's all we all ever do. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, the draconian, one of the two lizard people in this game. This is the atheist one. That's the distinction. Uh, they they love magic. They're all into it. That's their whole culture. They have a fire breath. That's their special power. Yeah, because they're draconian, they can breathe fire. Yeah, and because John is a joyless SOB, you don't get to hear their special dance. Good. Moving on, the dwarf. Dwarves are dwarves. They are just standard, bog standard, in caves dwarves. They have an unbelievably bad picture, uh, and their special ability is smell treasure, which lets them sense where treasure is four times a day. Yeah, they just got treasure sense, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty great. They're very good at mechanics. They have an awesome special dance, which you will not hear, and here we go. Good. The next one is Easterlings. These are Japanese oh. people. East- Easterlings are just Asians, Asians in yeah. general. It's not even Japanese people. It's just Asians because they, they take a-, a lot of, like, their religion is mostly just, like, 
Buddhism slash Confucianism. Yeah, with a lot of like Chinese style ancestor worship. Yeah. But then the pictures of them are all like ancient samurais. Yeah, so the the Easterlings straight up are just we took all of Asia and slammed it together into a race. Yeah. So that's that's them. Their special ability is called psychometry. So all Asians in this world can do object reading. Yeah, they can grab a hold of some object and be like, all right, let me see the past of this or where the owner is or whatever. Ah, this object was used in an ancient sacred special dance. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad when I find something that pisses you off. <laughs> <laughs> it's so rare. <laughs> it is. And when I find it, I have to ride it into the ground. <laughs> right into the ground next one is the elf which is one of my favorite pieces pieces of art in the book because it's shot from the back you want to see what an elf shooting a bow away from us looks like here's a great example good i assume it's because drawing an elf face was hard or something i don't know <laughs> anyway elves are elves uh their ability is speed which lets them take two actions per turn for three turns and they can do that up to uh three times a day yep they're just action advantage as a racial ability yes they're, they're just the living action advantage race this is our first actually second because we didn't talk about when we were discussing the brownie uh foray into one of the things that's super heavy in this particular game world which is uh the existence of the seely and unseely courts this book has a lot of of uh celtic fairy mythology baked into it yeah there's a there's a lot of Gaelic and Celtic nonsense in here. Yeah. So, uh, so this book has elves as part of the Seely Court and not just, you know, the traditional elf that we're all used to at this point. Yeah, the big thing is there's a whole bunch of humans that have their various, like, this is where we live as races, and then there's a bunch of different, like, fae that have their thing. So you have, you know, like, brownies and elves and so on, and you'll see a bunch more of those races, and they all live under the elven empire. Yes. So uh, that's the elf. A fascinating race, if ever one there was, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I'm kidding. There, and then after that is the elfin. That's a half elf. Yep, you got half elves in this one though. Uh, they stick way more with the nobody likes them. So uh, elves just don't want to be around them. Humans don't really trust them. Uh, like I know D and D went very heavily into the el the half elves are like super diplomats. Yeah. But in this one, it's no, nobody likes these guys. They have a special ability of true sight, and they look like Captain Janeway with more muscles. Moving on. <laughs> uh, the Entomolian, probably the coolest race in this. Well, uh, for you, are, because they're bug people. Well, they're a race of breakfast pastries. <laughs> yeah, the Entomans. <laughs> yeah, they're the Entomans. You can purchase them at stores. You get, they're, like, they're, some, some chocolate donuts. Got that cream cheese pastry that you can buy, like some... Get that coffee cake. Co coffee cake Entomans. <laughs> The Entomolians are forearms or, or uh, bipedal bugmen. Yep. They, they only have four appendages. They don't have six. So they don't have wings. So they're basically just fun little beetle dudes. Uh, they are also an atheist race, which is big deal in this game because religion is super important, and all the other races can pray for miracles, but not these guys. Yeah. So they're they're just like, nah, man. When you die, you are dead. And because they're bugmen, they live in a big hive of bugmen, and they don't have a very good reason to go on adventures. So just like barbarians, their storyline is always, oh, everyone you know ever has been wiped out. You're the last surviving bugman. Well, the, the big thing about the bugmen are they are fanatically devoted to the hive. Yes. But instead of that being like a hive mind thing, it's just something that entomolians have. So if they get separated from the hive for too long, they'll just latch on to some other people and start being fanatically devoted to them. Yeah. So that's that's your big thing is you somehow got separated from the hive. This adventuring party found you and now you are fanatically devoted to the party. Yeah, so that's how they work. They're quite good with spears 
and they're agile and strong, and uh, they're bugs. And they're bugs. What's oh, their special power? Uh, leaping. Oh, they jump. Yeah, they're, they're jumper good. bugs. They're good. They have they have very strong jumpy jumps, as it were. Oh, as it were. Yeah. They use their jumpy jumps as part of their special culture dance. You're just going to find everything I hate, aren't you? Also, they don't call their swords swords, John. Do you want to hear what they call them instead? <laughs> I will murder you. <laughs> <laughs> they have a special word for their swords. Yeah. Okay, here we go. The next one is the feral. Uh, feral is just, you're a feral human. You, you are raised by something else. Yeah, you're a Mowgli. <laughs> yeah, you're a Mowgli. That's all we need to go into on the feral. They're the Mowgli. Uh, they have the howl ability, which lets them howl twice a day, which paralyzes a target. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm so spooky because I was raised out in the wild. Yeah. Uh, they have their own stats no matter what kind of thing they are, but they have a random table to see what they were in the first place. So, for example, you could be an elf or a, a, a hill folk or, a, a, I don't know, all, all these various races that there are in this game that were raised feral by wolves or something, and they all end up with the same stats if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, one after that is the Fearbulog. Oh, the Furbolgs. Now, we are calling them Furbolgs, but this actually has a pronunciation guide for them, and it says it's Furbolog. Yeah, no, nah, that's so, bullshit. So, fur, 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 Fearbulog. Fearblogs. Fearbulogs. So, Fearbulogs are uh, giant, kind of, not, they're not giants in this, they are normally giants, but in this they're just, like, fanatically dedicated to justice elves. Yeah, they're paladin elves. They're paladin elves. Uh, they're, they're a bit more fairy than elf. Uh, they are a bit more paladin than humans, and they are like the the guardians and templars of the Seely Court. Yeah, they're out there doing justice work. Yeah, they're out there all the time wearing heavy armor, stomping around, looking like magic elves, and hitting dudes with cool swords, and not like an evil or evil fairies in particular. Yep. So that's the Firbulog. Their special ability is Farsight, which lets them uh, see what's going on someplace. Yeah, they can be like, I want to know what's going on over there. I shall cast my vision into the distance. Yep. Yeah, so that's a fear bulog. After that is the forester. Forester is just they're backwoods humans. They they are like rednecks. The, well, no. Well, no. They're Appalachians. They're most, I was gonna say they're mostly like frontiersmen from yeah. America. Like the they're, they're Paul Bunyans. They're they're the people who are like, oh, I went out and I made a log cabin. Like that's a forester. They're Davy Crockett's. Yeah, they're out there taming the wild west. Now they they tend to use guns in this because this game has guns and heavy crossbows. They like guns. They worship a god named Jethro. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get into the gods later for sure, but I just wanted to say that now, just to give you an idea of who these guys are. Their gods are named, like, Jethro and Daisy May. No, they they are straight up in the same way that, like, the Easterlings are Asia as a race. This is old-timey Americans as a race. Yeah, but not cowboys, mind you. No, no. Specifically just frontier adventurers. Frontiersmen. Yeah, so, and their special daily ability is summoning animals. Yep, they can get an animal companion and, for and, a little bit. And depending on the power of the animal, it lasts for a varying amount of time. So you can get a wolf for a couple of hours or a bear for a couple of minutes. Yep. Uh, following them is the Gerblin, the good old goblin. Ah, uh, the goblin. Nobody likes the goblin. Goblin doesn't like anybody. I mean, Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah, I mean... There's nothing worse than if you were to, like, catch someone in bed with a goblin. Yeah, yeah, man. If you find someone, like, kissing, like, kissing gobl goblins, maybe yeah. finding that goblin vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Charging into a goblin den. Ugh. Kissing goblins. Ah, I don't want to bring that guy's hate onto my show. No. So, moving on. They're, they're, they're goblins. You know what goblins are. They're small. They have big eyes. They're mean. They set traps for people. Their special ability is to uh, summon a cloud of darkness. Yeah, for some reason... Goblins in this are like, yeah, darkness summoning, and we can see in it. Good. Also, they apparently believe in a thing called love. 
Apparently. Yeah, who knows? Huh. That's their special dance, John. <laughs> don't you want to hear their special dance? I don't. But it's, they, I believe, in a thing called Love by the Darkness. It's yeah. A, yeah. It's, a, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Gypsies. Here we go. So there's an entire race that is gypsies. Uh, I so, mean, I'm not. <laughs> they're 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 what they look. What you hear? They're they're nomadic tribes people. The drawing of them is clearly like some seductress with her nipple showing through her rough hoon garments. Yeah, it's straight up Esmeralda. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, they have fortune telling as their racial power by by doing palm inspections. I mean, at least they aren't like and as a entire uh people they're all thieves and they steal babies but it it's a a telling thing that old like you know early 90s and before americans basically viewed the uh like gypsy as the same way you would view a pirate in this yeah in that it's like oh that was a thing that existed and i do not know any better some people chose to be gypsies is kind of the thing it's like gypsy for a long time in early america like early american role-playing game design specifically people seem to think gypsy was just another class you could choose yeah like well i chose to be a bard i chose to be a gypsy yeah it was it was very much like because like the Romani people didn't really have oppression in America. No, they no also one knew. didn't exist, basically. Yeah, but for a long time, people didn't know who they were. Now that doesn't exactly excuse this sort of thing, but you know, it it kind of explains it when you see it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it pops up so often yeah. in eighties and nineties games that you look at it, and you're like, God, why is this in here? And it's, you know, I mean, I'm gonna just say mostly because they didn't really know better but well, yeah. it's still not there are so many good. songs from that time period that are either, either glorifying or about or claiming to be gypsies yeah it was basically like oh what does that mean it means i'm a free spirit and i go where i want and i i live out in the wild and i have long flowy black hair and i play the castanets yeah it was that's just that's just like what stevie nicks still probably thinks she is yeah so, so. that's again i don't want to apologize for it but man it just it's one of those things where it shows up enough in the things that we review that i'm like you know just just give you some context pretty much after that we've got the hill folk uh the hill folk are pretty much just farmers they're normal humans they're These, the, they're yeah. the most normal human you can play they are we are an agricultural group that live in a society we like horses and spears good yeah, uh, their special ability is augury, because uh, like a lot of the races in this game, for some reason, future sense seems to be a big thing. Yeah, they kind of give weird telepathic stuff to races when they couldn't think of something that fit. Yeah, so hillfolk, which are just like normal farmer humans, have the ability to determine the future three times a day. Yeah, or they two just times, like two times a day. Look at omens or whatever. They're like, oh, a crow flies south. They watch the omen. Yeah, and then they watch the omen, and then they're like, God, that was awful. <laughs> twice a day, they can watch the omen and then make a prediction based on it. I predict I'm going to have to watch this movie again. That kid's not going to stay famous. <laughs> All right. After that is the Hob. Uh, hob are... They're, they're, bas- they're fairy orcs. Yeah, they're basically just orcs, but they are seen as second-class citizens, uh, mostly put down upon and made fun of by other people. Oh, no, John, we already covered the gypsies. Oh. No, gypsies are fine in this. Zoom. Uh, yeah, okay, um, yeah, they're basically the the galoots that goblins hang around with in in uh, Warhammer or uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, it's it's just what are these guys? The Hobbs are mostly just doing menial labor, getting by, 
but they all dream of a day when they're going to attain their prior glory, and they hate dwarves. They hate dwarves because dwarves kicked them out of their ancestral home a long time ago. Yeah, they used to be underground dwellers, and then they blame the dwarves for kicking them out of their home. Yes, and now they spend most of their time being other races like slave labor and stuff. So that's Hobbes. They're big and strong, uh, and that's about it. Uh, their, their racial special ability is revulsion, because uh, up to three times a day, they can look so gross that other people will have to not approach within 10 feet of them. Yep. It says that even their own race is kind of like, man, we're ugly. Yeah. They don't like the way they look. They got nothing. that internalized racism. So the next one is the Nethermen. Nethermen are kind of just cavemen. Yeah, they're like Native American cavemen. Is the I, It's kind of a combination. It's They've got like a weird thing about uh, like there's lights in like super deep in the maze caves that they live in that yeah the corn caves as we as we call them now yeah the corn caves yeah that's because 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 maze now john is is known as corn yeah also let's learn how to draw hand turkeys <laughs> god damn it so uh yeah they're they have a weird relationship with that they do a lot of like cave drawings mm -hmm. so they get that sort of like Here's a dude chasing a buffalo that you'd see as like the the cave painting stuff. So they're super into that. Yeah, but they're possessed of a great deal of spiritual and natural wisdom. Yeah, uh, they have a religion that's based around the five Asian style elements. So you know, earth, air, fire, water, void. Uh, and but they've they've contextualized them into like, oh, this is brother fire. No, that's actually am I think of a different race? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. The well, Nethermen are just we worship. Like cave lights, pretty oh, okay. much. That, that's right. They're the ones whose high priests like wander into light up, lit up caves and never come back. Yeah. If you like, in order to become higher up in their religion, you have to go like wander in a cave for a year and come back. Okay, fair enough. And then if you're a high priest, you just go into the light and don't come back. Their special ability is to speak with animals, uh, which I feel like we already saw. No way. I'm sorry. We have see through animals' eyes and summon animals. And now we have speak to. And animals. now we have speak with animals, which means if you have those three hanging out together, they can get a lot of work done with a couple of animals. Yeah, man. Someone went up. You talk to him and be like, "Hey, I need you to go over there." And then the other guy looks through their eyes. Woo! What a team! Yeah. All right. Synergy. So that's the Nethermans. Uh, the ones after that are the Nomads. Nomads are nomads. They're, I mean, they're your standard like riding horses in the desert nomads, but they're based way more on like the old testament jewish people mm -hmm. uh than they are say on like arab culture yes uh so, so they're they, more like we've got our tribes our 13 tribes yeah they're they're basically the the analog for the jews wandering the desert yeah yeah now in the 1970s or so this race dropped their captain america shields and put on a cape and blue outfit and ran around that's how they got the name nomad yeah yeah yeah, no, that's a terrible reference. Oh, why can't you let me have any fun today? No fun for you today. I'm slightly hungover and grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just all kinds of no but. Yeah, I, I am not willing to improv it's at all. It's not even no but, it's just no stop. <laughs> no, get out. <laughs> you're hurting my feelings. Uh, anyway, their special ability is uh, adaption, adaptation. Uh, a, norm a nomad adapts quickly to the harshest conditions. They can survive places like fire and arctic cold and so on. That's the kind of power you're going to hate when you get it, because your DM can't use it on you without endangering the rest of your party. Yeah. But anyway, there it is. After that is Rattlings. Rattlings are... Rattlings. Rattlings. They're like kind of hobbits, but also mostly just like little dudes that want to be humans. Their, their, uh, their art is hilarious. It just looks like Joe Pantoliano with his face stretched out a bit. 
It's they, they don't look especially. They don't look very ratty. No, the they don't really have much going on. Like they included them in here, mm-hmm. and there's just there's not a lot to dig into with ratlings. No, there's not a lot going on. Their their racial power is disease. Twice a day, they can cause a disease. They're like, oh hey rats, you remember the bubonic plague that we didn't cause with rats? You remember like 20 races ago when we covered a lizard race? Well, here's another one because the next race is the serpentines. Ah, serpentine. So serpentines are really tall, skinny, snaky looking uh, ra- race of humanoids because they still have arms and legs. Yeah. Uh, their special ability is hypnotize. Yeah, they get that caw ability. Yeah, they got, they got caw eyes. Uh, and then pretty much other than that, they are what? They're kind of just, I don't even remember what these guys are. They're, I just know they're snaky looking people. Uh, they're snake people. They they have a, like their creation myth is basically that like the gods are snakes and the uh, the other races are just sort of not as good because they aren't snake. What a convenient creation myth to have. Like, oh yeah, well, I mean, they're they're better cuz they're re- reptilian. Yeah, much colder, much much more uh, controlling. Yeah. Anyway, that's them. After them, we've got to talk about uh, she. Ah, uh, the she. So, you've seen this word before, S I D H E, pronounced she. Yeah, they are your fey so they, they're magic or elves. Yeah, they're, they're they're elves that are even elfier. Yeah, they're basically to use the fourth edition D and D parlance. These are the Eladrin. Yeah, so they're they're the I'm super magical and whimsical elves. Yeah, rather than the woodland elves. Mm-hmm. Their special ability is healing. They can heal uh, wound levels, and boy, this game's wound system is annoying. So yeah, having that kind of healing is going to be 100 percent essential. Uh, okay, so that's the she. They're they're just sort of the most important elves of the Seely Court. Yeah. Oh, God, we're almost there, John. <laughs> so close. We got the Spriggans. Spriggans, more fucking elf shit. Just another kind of Seelie race. This one's kind of a neutral elf fairy sort of thing. The Spriggans are mostly just grumpy. Yeah, they could be good guys or bad guys. Their special ability, ability is to grow to the size of an ogre. Yeah, they, they can get big and tough, but they're usually just sort of standoffish and grumpy, and they uh, dislike elves in particular, like elf elves. Yeah. Uh, just because they blame them for not being around and, like, their numbers are low or some shit. I don't know. And their suggested names, their common names used among the race are Sullen, Shadow, Avenger, Giganta, Hellborn, Jinx, Maladjusta, and Groucher. Let me just tell you, the suggested names in this are all awful. They're, they're all They're things... very on the nose. Oh, yeah, they are way too on the nose. Yeah. The common name for a Viking is Vikingo. <laughs> Is Leif Erikson. He's not that far off. It's Thor, Balder, Loki. Yeah, the common names for them are the gods they worship. <laughs> Helga. What a great list. So that's I think that's the last race we're coming up on now, the Viking. Yeah, we get, we still got another one past that, but the Vikings are just Vikings. Like literally. They from worship Earth like Vikings. the actual Norse gods and stuff. Even the Sid, the the Seely court doesn't straight up worship like the Celtic gods. No, they everyone has a, new things. Yeah, everyone has a different thing except for Vikings, which are like, what do they worship? Oh, oh Odin. Odin and Thor and Freya and Frigga and Balder and yeah. yeah, it's all there. Yeah, you know, that group. Don't worry. Those guys. The Norse It's like gods. they're Vikings that are invading from Earth. Yeah. They are straight up Earth Vikings. Yeah, they just they just showed up. Here and they're like ah pillage ah, it's weird that we're separate from from pirates because we roughly aco- or occupy the same niche <laughs> yeah but we're angrier we are so much angrier than those corsairs we're basically a combination of barbarian and of corsair we couldn't just be corsairs because of course we have a very different special dance <laughs> fuck you <laughs> 
So after Viking, oh, the special ability of Vikings is uh, fear. With a grimace, they can scare away a single foe. Yeah. And then after them is wolflings. And that's the last one. Wolflings are people that can change into wolves and no, back and right. forth. Yeah, they have the ability to turn into wolves because an elf mixed a wolf with an elf or something. Yeah. So there you go. They're, that's their thing. Their whole deal. Uh, they have the ability to transform. They can turn into huge wolves. They will stay a wolf for up to passable versus stamina times 10 minutes. Yeah, great. Good for them. Their art is ridiculous, and I think that's all of them. That's all the races. And then we have to go into character types, which includes a huge section on devotion, because that's a stat in this game that hadn't come up yet. Uh, devotion is how devoted you are to the gods of your race, yeah. and it's how likely it is that your gods will perform miracles for you. There aren't clerics in this game. Well, I mean... There's clerics in this game, but they don't have spell... There's no clerical spell list. No. Uh, technically, there's no spell list, period. Yes. Uh, the spells in this game are just skills, mm -hmm. and each skill is its own thing. So, like, I can have air mastery as a skill, and then in, I won't have specific spells I can do. I just say, hey, I want to use my air mastery to do meh, and if it's a thing that controlling air could do, then you can do that, but... Man, magic in this is so garbage. Yeah, it's not great. So there's a bunch of uh, professions or classes to choose from. They are divided up between non-spell users and spell users. Uh, spell users are just varying flavors of how spells are cast. So there's things like uh, shaman, sorcerer, spiritualist, bard, conjurer, demonologist. There's like 15 of those. And then there's another 30 or so professions that are something else. We are running right out of time, though. So I'm just going to list them real quick. And we'll talk about the only one that matters in well, a I second. Well, I mean, we don't need to list every single one. But no. okay. let's just go and do some highlights. All right. So just stop me if you want to talk about one. How's that? No, just, just do the highlights, man. Fine. The only highlight in there is Rogue. Rogue is the problem child of this book okay, so because of his, each uh, class has a special ability they can do, and the rogue's special ability is Rufy. So the rogue's special ability is called Seduction. It can be used three times per day, and here I'll just, I'll just read it out to you. A rogue can cause a member of the opposite sex to fall completely in love with him for victim's intelligence versus rogue's charm hours. The victim will view anything the rogue does or suggests in the best possible light. Once the ability wears off, the, vi the victim may have an extreme dislike for the rogue, especially if he made her do something she now regrets. Let's start by identifying that the gender of that is very specific. Yep. Let's also start by identifying that it only works on members of the opposite gender. <laughs> so rogues can't do fast-talking their way past guards or anything unless those guards are buxom lasses. Yep. Let's also talk about how it doesn't have any rules in it for how you can't not, for example, talk someone into fucking you. Yep. It's a fuck spell. It's an undodgeable, because it doesn't have a roll to make it work, fuck spell. Yeah, you have. I mean, you do have to roll to beat their... No, you don't. It just works for that number no, of minutes. No, it's versus intelligence to yeah, do but that. It's not if a you roll, fail, then... It, it's not a roll. It's just compare your intelligence versus their cunning, or, or your cunning no, versus you, their intelligence. It's, it is a it is a roll versus their intelligence. Uh, if you say so. So if you fail, you don't get to do anything. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because here, I'll just go through this again real quick. A rogue can cause a member of the opposite sex to fall completely in love with him for victim's intelligence versus rogue's charm, ours. That's it. All you do is go, rogue's in intelligence versus rogue's charm. Which one's higher? It gets that many hours. No, it's, it's a roll. every versus is a roll. It's a roll. All right, fine. It's a roll. Well, then there's a chance to fail. But otherwise, all it does is just go, hey, I get to rape you. And when we're done, you get to be mad at me. Yep. It's, uh, it's the worst. It's the worst ability in here. Eh, God, man. I mean, normally the whole seduction thing is a sticking point for us anyway I, but I've this always is... talk, when it because it has the opposite sex it always mentions that completely unnecessarily 
because there's no reason that this guy couldn't work like Han Solo or something and just be like, hey, man, you should let us through that gate. You, oh, well, we're, I'm not supposed to let you through that gate. Hey, come on, be a bro. Yeah, but that that already exists. That's the brownies thing of being like, hey, man, you should be my friend. Hey, buddy, I'm cute and charming. You should let me through. You want to see my special dance? <laughs> but no, this is like, hey, I'm going to make you do a special dance. I'm going to make you do a special dance. It's going to be like a fun tickle. <laughs> yeah, it is. The literal worst. And then the weird thing is it's got nothing to do with the rogue otherwise. They're supposed to be like highwaymen that use guns and daggers and stuff. No, man. They're supposed to be rogues. As in like the classical style, I'm a rogue. I'm a dashing, yeah, I'm a like Zorro Lando or Calrissian. Uh, any of the like, I'm an Errol Flynn type. I, yeah, sure. Because there's also a thief class. Uh, but it's just it's just unpleasant. Yeah. Is that good enough? Are we good? Yeah. I mean, the, there are some goofy things like the... Uh, the mercenary versus the warrior. Yeah, where the mercenary has the ability to attack with two weapons all day, every day. No one else can attack with two weapons, just the mercenary. Well, you can. You're just at a penalty. Yeah, so a mercenary can hold a weapon in each hand. and gets a free attack with it, and it's an always-on power. The warrior has a power he can use that lets him attack twice with one weapon uh, that is usable four times a day for about four attacks. Yeah, the only thing it lets you do is have a shield, have as a well. shield or swing with like a two-handed weapon yes. twice. But ultimately, it, he's oper- the mercenary is just plain better than the warrior. I mean, if all you were going for was deeps, then yes. Yeah, but if you were going for defense, then the warrior's still not a great choice. Because you have an offensive ability, and there's another class, the uh, paladin or something, the soldier, I think, that's specifically very good at blocking. Oh, yeah, they have a, I just parry in a thing X times per day, so you don't even worry about it. Yeah, so which leaves the warrior in this position where it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be a DPS class because I have a DPS power, but my DPS power is strictly worse than this other class's. Uh. Yeah, the uh, then the spellcasters don't have a special ability. Their their special ability is they can cast spells. They have access to spells. Anyone in this game can eventually learn to cast spells because spells is just skills, and you can learn them. But but uh, spellcasters start with them. Yeah, and when you learn a spell, uh, or a spell skill, you normally start at half whatever your base skill is, which is always fate. Yes. Uh, and then so you'd be like, oh, I have to start out at like a seven because I have a fourteen fate. A spell caster class starts at the base skill, so yeah. you'd you'll be way better at it because, as I mentioned, spell casting in this game is garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way you cast spells is your referee gives you how much it costs. If it's something fairly innocuous and goes along with whatever your thing is, then maybe it costs zero, and you just have to roll and beat passable or better. Right, but. If it's something like, oh, what I really want to do is like set fire to those three guys, and I have fire mastery. Yeah. Oh, well, this costs you three points. Costing points means you subtract that from your skill total. So now I went from a 14 to an 11. Mm-hmm. Now I have to roll and get passable, and every time I cast, it reduces whatever number of points, and then I have to roll with that new skill level. Yeah. And you don't get it back. It's not like, oh, I take an eight-hour rest. It takes literally weeks to get your power points back so it's maybe you're gonna cast a couple spells per adventure yeah so spellcasters tend to suffer a lot because they they will rapidly run out of the ability to cast spells unless they stay to very specifically cheap ones and the uh the big problem as well is this game has the rule of one roll mm-hmm. which means just like the old thief that can't try to pick a lock if he fails you can't do that if you try and cast a spell on someone and it fails. You can't try and cast it again on them. Yeah. Uh, anytime you do anything in this game except for attack, uh, you can't do it again if it fails. Right. 
So, so uh, basically, unless you're playing a fighter, you you either have to get really lucky or you have to be constantly coming up with new things to do to people. Yeah, because if I'm like, oh, I have the bewitch uh, spell casting skill. Yeah, and I'm gonna go. Oh, I want this guy to think I'm his friend. Okay, I cast it. It didn't work. <sighs> Fuck, I can't try and do that again. Okay, what else can I do? I'll make his friend think I'm his friend, and then peer pressure will drag him into being my friend. <laughs> and then he'll introduce me and be like, look, we met before, don't you remember? We had a really great time. And he'll be like, uh, yeah, yeah, n- no, sure, hey, man. <laughs> You're not a rogue, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I've had bad experiences with that. <laughs> So that's the magic system. Uh, only really last thing we should talk about is the hit point system. This game has an unreasonably complicated hit point system for how simple of a game it is. Uh, it's it's hit location. Each one of your hit locations has hit points in it. Uh, the way the hit points work is you take wounds to that area that cause penalties to things. Those wounds progress up a scale from light to medium to critical. And once you've suffered critical wounds in an area, they're permanent. They cause permanent losses of stats. Yeah, the, the fact that the game uses hit location is already a count against it yeah you have to buy armor for specific hit locations that's true when you buy like a cuirass or something you have to be, i have this cuirass it only covers my chest i need to buy che- i need to buy arm armor yeah you're like oh well i need to buy some greaves and i need to buy a helmet yeah but a you cask. have a you have a defense skill that mm-hmm. you have to roll yeah and the uh when you take damage to whatever you're doing there's, again, another chart you have to look at for what type of wound you take, depending on how much damage it did. Yep. And then if you hit critical, you roll on another table, which is how many points you would lose permanently off a stat, mm-hmm. and it is all of your skills, which means you could take a critical wound to your leg and lose a point of intelligence. Which the book actually does go into explaining, because it's like, hey, if this if it didn't have this random chance for it to be different random stats then getting hit in your legs would just rapidly kill you because you'd lose all your dexterity immediately. Except, dude, don't make permanent things like that. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, why would you do that? If you noticed the problem while you were writing the book, like, oh my god, our characters are constantly dying from stat deprivation, maybe we should remove stat deprivation as a concept because it's stupid. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it just means that your characters are almost assuredly, if they get into any combat that isn't with complete chumpos, mm-hmm going to end their game like worse off than they started yes they'll get crippled and they can't fix it there's no healing that damage no there's i mean there's healing in the game but it'll heal wounds but it won't that heal- haven't gotten critical yeah. if you get a critical wound even though you'll heal it down the penalty is permanent yep so your character is on a race to zero yeah it's it's real unfortunate so so that's definitely a weird thing about this and that, that i'm pretty sure is the last thing that we really need to talk about well there's all of the religions which i think were super interesting but we are li- well we can talk about them if you want i don't mind well, we can go i over. think that's that's if we want to get into best and worst that's going to be my favorite thing in this. well good perfect because th- this game has a super complicated religion system it's actually not complicated it's just long yeah it, it's it, you have a chance to pray for miracles is the only part of it that's like relevant and player facing the rest of it is just a huge list of gods oh yeah and it's a lot of uh well, here we go. My here favorite go. thing is... John, what is your favorite thing about this game? My favorite thing is the religion system in this, mm-hmm. because we've mentioned this before. For a lot of games, you don't get the aspect of faith in it. And that was a lot of problems that we saw with any game that had a faith-like stat. So, you know, you'd have a game and it'd be like, oh, you have to roll for your faith. And you're like, dude, I've literally seen my god. Why would I not have complete faith in it? Yeah. Well, it's because you got to have faith. You got to. You have to. It's you have important. to have that's it's important to have faith <laughs> it's a really good idea to have faith well that song gets a lot worse when you sing it that way doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> so 
this one you have devotion to whatever god and but all the gods are are theoretical gods they're they're like uh, faith is the only thing yeah you there's no point where you're like oh yeah you know you pray for a miracle from some god and then he shows up and does a thing Mm -hmm. it's always like the example they have in there is someone stuck in a pit and they pray for a miracle to get out yeah and what happens is two days later some vagabond shows up and she still has to convince the vagabond to help her out of the pit. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, yeah, you pray for miracles, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, the hand of God comes down and does a thing. It's, there's still an aspect of faith to the game. Right. Well, there's also no communion magic or planar teleportation. So you can't, like, go visit Valhalla and be like, haha, for sure. Oh, yeah. I have direct and personal evidence. No, all of the, uh, the various races that have religion have different accounts of what happened with their creation myths. Mm -hmm. They have different concepts of what happens when you die, Mm -hmm. uh, who's in charge of death and whatnot. Yeah. And so the fact that there are all of these conflicting ideas and no one is for sure able to go, no, dude, my God showed up last week and straight up just like stopped a flood for us. I know he exists and I know that I worship a God that is actually around. Yeah is probably my favorite thing in this. They handled religion in one of the better ways you could. Yeah, and a lot of the religions are fun. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. They're very, oh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, of great stories there. It's not all the same thing, like, oh, this, these guys have ten gods, and one of them is a war god, and one of them is a fire god. It's Each one of them's got a different pantheon built differently. It's sort of, it's sort of neat and fun. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of, uh, like, these ones were obviously taken from... Like Celtic mythology, Mm -hmm. but they're very different in the way that they actually are presented in the same way that like the uh, the nomads have a very like Jewish mythology to it, Mm -hmm. but it's still very distinctly not that. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like the way they handled religion in this. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite thing? Uh, I think I like the progression of skill system, the, uh, the XP progression where you roll and the, and if you fail your roll then your skill goes up. I know that's, that's relatively common in games that don't use XP, but I like that mechanic. This is kind of an early time to see it. Mm. And it's a neat way to, to show that your characters have some growth and progression. Although a lot of the bo- back of this book is given over to, uh, basically saying, Hey, whenever your adventure's over, you can make a new character if you want. Yeah, this book, for something called Legendary Lives, seems to be really big on the idea of, ah, fuck it, who cares if your guy dies? Play as a chumpo, tell one story about them, and they're done. That's that's the way we like to play. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know, but I did like the progression system that this game had built into it. I thought it was fairly innovative for the time period. I It, it seemed like the sort of game where they just strap XP to it and be done with it. Yeah. So, it was neat to see that they didn't do that. Uh, what would you say is your least favorite thing? Uh, I'm going to leave you, of I course, the other stuff. Don't leave anything but- for me, but go ahead. I'm there's a I've, lot about this game I didn't care for so there's there's a lot that I liked about this a lot of the systems were very bad like I don't like the phase rip always check a chart on every roll yeah but, and one of those percentile ones with a lot of different potential it's it's unmemorizable yeah you're like oh how am I gonna remember if I've got a like 12 in something then obviously I need a 46 to 53 and you're like Ugh, I don't know yeah but I'm going to say the magic system is annoying. It mostly because it had the most potential. Yeah. The it's got the, one of those freeform things where you're like I have the ability of abjure, which I can use to protect myself in a variety of ways. Yeah, the the fact that you can just go, look, I got conjuration and whatever I decide to do with conjuration, it has to do with conjuring, but I can decide to 
do whatever I want, and then the GM just sort of decides, all right, you know, how powerful is that? Does that go within your ballywick or whatever? And that's great. But then the fact that a spellcaster gives up having a special ability, having access to a lot of other skills, uh, and then, of course, you can't, like, wear any armor if you're going to be a spellcaster, so you're you're fairly weakened by that. Mm-hmm. And while you do have a lot of options, you're almost never going to be doing anything. Like, your game may as well be, I'm going to cast a couple spells until my magic skill goes down to, like, seven, and there's almost no chance that I'll pass anything. And then I'll just put armor on and grab a sword and say, fuck it. I'm a fighter. I'm a, I'm a worse fighter until tomorrow, guys. Yeah, I'm a crap weeks, fighter until the adventure ends and we all have downtime. Yeah. So, so that's the magic system had so much potential and then just sucked a lot. So that's the worst thing. I mean, I'd probably want to take the, the progressive downward spiral hit point system as a problem, if not for the fact that this game has aggressively bad sexual politics. Yes. Which is always something that needs to be discussed when it's available. Especially, this is a rare book to be seen before 1990, at least partially written by a, by a woman. Yeah. I was like, oh man, you've got like a married couple in there. You'd think there would be at least a few compromise races where it's like, this is a matriarchy or... Everyone does things similarly. Like instead, you can't get three pages into this thing without someone mentioning a buxom wench. Or, I mean, even even or, the or fucking a giggling like, lass or something. Like the uh, the races where you think it wouldn't matter, like the bugs or the snake guys or whatever. Yeah, yeah. still have that. Yeah, like the, the the female bugs are like, oh, we stay at home and work on the hive. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a queen and she has some attendants, and then everything else is just drones that go out and do whatever. But the drones are all dudes. Yeah, and while you know. That's basically ants. It's the opposite of ants. All the drones are all, all the uh, ants that go out and do stuff are ladies. Drones are are male. Drones are rare. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's literally for no reason they for they no reverse, reason they yeah. swapped it. But it, I'm just like it's weird. Why? Why? It's the same thing with a lot of you see that swap in a lot of older books where they didn't know the the sexual dimorphism of animals. Like you're always seeing those ones where it's like uh, a, a male whale or a male eagle will be twice as big as a female eagle, and the answer is no, female eagles are bigger. Yeah, a male spider will be the really big spider. No, female spiders are bigger. Yeah, uh, males being rare, the larger is almost rare in sexual dimorphism in in nature. Uh, but but don't worry about it because because uh, I read a book about sex theory. <laughs> But, I uh, have these bio truths I need I to tell these, you about. I have all these bio truths you need to hear, but this book has a lot of the, the phrase "the opposite sex" show up all the time. A lot of uh, uh, just a lot of buxom wenches and, and and so on. Yeah, even when they try to be like, "Oh, the corsairs," is like, "Yeah, ladies can be pirates. You can run around and do whatever." Although, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't though. They mostly run the taverns. Well, yeah, oh, sure, they're, they're rowdy taverns. I mean, that's the weird thing to me is there's so many races in this, like the Corsairs or the Foresters, where they're like, oh, they're all out there trapping or pirating or doing whatever, but they have towns. And I'm like, who the fuck is running this town? Is it more Foresters? How does that even work? Like, you have a, a whole society where you've said that everyone is into doing meh, and then you have, in order to have civilization, you have to have most of your people not be into that. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's just like a type of this is the type of adventure that's common from this type of human. Yeah, it's like, well, so, this is this is this society that they value trapping or hunting, but not everyone does it. So, uh yeah, I'm going to say uh kind of primitive sexual politics is going to be my least favorite thing about this book. There you go. And that you know, that's my least favorite thing about like 80% of the books we read. I well, I, I don't know. Anyway, moving on from there, uh would you play this game? Oh, God, I, I don't think I could. Anything that has the check chart 
for every role you do is not a game I want to play. Like, I love the role random for everything, and the role random is for literally everything. Like, there is charts in here for what's your disposition? What's your weird secret? Who is your friend? How did you do whatever? Like, you can roll randomly for everything about your character and i fucking love that it's why i love palladium stuff so much (laughs) yeah sure but the having to check charts and then check different charts after i check that chart in order to do a roll that can go take a running jump (laughs) fair enough so uh and and you no of course not i didn't i didn't really like this i i I think you probably like this game more than i did yeah i i would say i probably would give this a higher rating than you would yeah if we were doing grades you would give it a better grade than i did i did i i was Alternating between grumpy and bored while reading this. Yeah. So so there you go. All right. Uh, so that's it. That's Legendary Lives from 1989, uh, written by Joe Williams and Kathleen Williams. If you see a copy, just leave it where it is. <laughs> leave it be. Let it lie <laughs> like a sleeping dog. Let someone who doesn't know better come along and snap that up like I, I, like I did. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. We have been the System Mastery Podcast. That was our final podcast ever. We're going to stop at 98. That's a good number. Yeah, it's a good solid round number. Yeah, I'm just kidding. We've got lots coming up. Uh, we'll be we'll see you in a couple of weeks with a brand new System Mastery. We've got it all planned out. We're going to have a guest on for for this this one. Ooh. Yeah, excited, right, John? On that on that lead up to 100. Uh, yeah, we're going to do 100 alone because that's who we are. Yeah, we're going to do it alone. How most people spend their lives alone, even when <laughs> others are around. No also, one is truly with anyone else. Also, we're going to die in that episode. Oh yeah. So anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening to System Mastery. As always, if you want to hear bonus content, if you don't get enough out of us from these episodes... Boy, howdy, are we going to randomly roll some dudes up in this? Yeah, we're going to make some random-ass characters in this game and then try to give them an entertaining backstory, difficult though that may be. (laughs) Uh, So check that out. The way to find those is to support our Patreon, which you can do at patreon.com slash systemmastery. Otherwise, we have our three other shows to recommend to you very quickly, all of which can be found in the same locations. Uh, SystemMastery.com, uh, or SystemMasteryPodcast.com, excuse me. Excuse uh, you. System Mastery on Facebook, Gmail, Twitter, Reddit, etc. Those shows are in the following order. Movie Mastery, the one where we review movies. Uh, Gamma Crawl X, our new live action one where we're playing Gamma World. Yeah, it's live action. Normally, it's- you can't tell, but we're very animated. <laughs> this is this is 100% CGI animation. Fine, it's actual play. You caught me. <laughs> Why are you so mean today? I'm so mean today. I just hate you so much I- today. I'm going to do my special dance. <laughs> yeah, I, you wait until these mics are off before you do that special dance. Sir. <laughs> nope. Nope, it's going to happen any second now. Oh, oh it's a coming. Oh, Here comes my special dance. I hate your special dance so much. <laughs> also, uh, our other one, Expounded Universe, our new Star Wars Legends review podcast where we read the old Star Wars Legends fanfictual style novels. Yep. Fanfictual is not a word, but it, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know. And they're also not fanfic. They were officially licensed material at the time that they came out, and it still are, in fact. Yeah, but that's why it's fanfictual. Yeah, it's, it's fanfictuesque. It's fanfictuesque, and uh, so far we're just sticking to uh, Shadows of the Empire. But it's been a lot of fun. Come listen to us, uh, Raz the Mighty Lord Shizor, and the incongruously boring Dash Rendar. <laughs> and otherwise, thank you so much for listening, John. You got anything else this week? Nope. Just want to remind everyone at home: no dancing. Do 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 do. No dancing. It, it came up here. Is my special no, dance? No, I am the leader of the I town. I am from doing <laughs> my special dance, and I can't be stopped. I am John Lithgow Good from night. Footloose. <laughs> no dancing. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Have a great week. Nobody puts Jeff in a corner.